137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 188. We've got a fun episode planned for you guys this go-round, but first, welcome back, Steve. It's been a couple episodes. Good to have you back. Indeed. Death happens when it happens, and I gotta go. So, True. But we're recording this on a Thursday night. It's my night off. Ain't got nothing going on. But this show, a little bit of Monster Rehab lemonade energy drink. Let's go. <laughs> this Shout episode out. is not sponsored. Shout out to the sponsors, yeah. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be awesome? Got a new sponsor. It's Monster. Shout out to uh, Red's Hard Apple Peach. That's what uh, I'm drinking. And I guess shout out to Hint Water Pineapple Flavored from Target. Yeah, you are such a tar- you are such a Target basic. I Jesus, <laughs> you boozy bitch. <laughs> I like. Hey man, Target's got some really awesome NECA figures. Got to keep my eye out for those new uh, puppet masks. They've also got really good uh, vinyl, exclusive vinyl. Yeah, sometimes. If you're into that mainstream shit. All right. (laughs) Well, on this episode, I'm not even going to ask how Preston's doing. Aren't I just the sweetest? Preston, how are you? (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) On the episode, this go round, it's going to be kind of fun. We're going to tell two stories. One is a creepypasta. The other is a real true story of the paranormal. And after we read the stories, then Steve, you have to tell us which one you think is real and which one you think is spooky spaghetti. Can you explain but, to the to the people out there what a creepy pasta is? Some people don't know. Um for the one person who doesn't know what creepy pasta is. <laughs> there are some people out there you'd be surprised. Um basically on on Reddit if you want to flex your creative writing muscles, a creepy pasta is mostly stories that people write that have to do with monsters, ghosts, the paranormal that are uh fiction, fan fiction. They're not actual, you know, real accounts. So that's where one of our two stories has come from is a creepy pasta. While the other one is actual documented uh, lore, you might say, a documented encounter. Is it? Is it really? Yes. Yes. But how do how do we know? How do we know that the other one's not bullshit too, and it's all just made up? Maybe it's a super twist, and they're both real. Ooh. Maybe it's a super twist, and they're both fake. It's a twist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like a Tootsie Pop pressing, the world may never know. That's right. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super stoked for this. So let's not waste any more time. Preston, I think you're first. You read your story. Uh, All right. There's a town in Kentucky that you won't ever be able to find on a map, and for good reason. That's right, folks. This first story takes place in elsewhere, Kentucky. Shout out to Rob, you know what I'm saying? Kentucky, what up, yeah, what's up, Rob? Kentucky, lucky. Hopefully they're keeping you warm in the retirement home. Lucky Tucky. Oh. The overgrown gravel road leading to the abandoned settlement doesn't even connect to a main road. As with most places, you shouldn't go. Even Google satellite images have been scrubbed with what looks like a bad use of a blur tool. It was once located in the southeastern Callaway County, just off the shore of Kentucky Lake. Elsewhere, set surrounded by forests. Until recently, several buildings remain. I had heard stories about Elsewhere growing up. Being a Callaway County native, I heard most of the local folklore and ghost stories. I spent several nights in Ashbury and Old Salem cemeteries looking to verify stories of creepy ghosts and various monsters. The most I ever got was spooked friends and a bad case of the willies. I was volunteering... Yeah. At the Senior <laughs> Citizen Center when Earl, a man of about 80 years old, told me a story about the fall of Elsewhere. Yeah, when I was a boy, my pa and I would go down to Elsewhere General Store to get some rock candy and chicken feet. Well, I stood outside while Pa talked to Miss Ellison, the shopkeeper. 
Pa loaded up the feed into the truck and handed me the candy. Right about then, there was this loud scream coming from the schoolhouse. I don't know right well where it happened, because Pa told me to stay in the truck. But after that, we never went back to elsewhere. When I was a few years old, I went back there with some friends. We were just dumb kids fooling around. My friend Jason went inside the schoolhouse, and we never saw him again. We spent the rest of the day looking for him, and later the police did a search, but found nothing. Shortly after the country disconnected Elsewhere Road from the Highway 280. It's been about 60 years, and you're the first person to mention that place in half a century, son. So, I did some digging after the story. The Callaway County Public Library has a pretty good archive of town history and folklore. I had read every book on the subject, but I'd never seen mention of elsewhere. I ended up at the Waterfield Library up on Murray State University campus looking through old microfilm when I found a reference to elsewhere in the Louisville Courier Journal. A single paragraph story covered how the unincorporated town was being abandoned for health and safety reasons. It was dated April 2, 1953, and there was one detail that stood out. Located two miles north of New Concord, just off of Highway 280. I waited until Saturday morning, and I made sure to charge my cell phone for parking roughly two miles north of New Concord, just off the side of the road. I moved 50 yards past the tree line and hiked back and forth until I found the remnants of Elsewhere Road. I followed it northeast for about a half a mile before coming to a clearing where several dilapidated buildings stood over the tall grass and broken pavement. I moved closer to the center of town when I saw a sign to my left that read, Elsewhere General Store. The windows were boarded up and the door was nailed shut, but after pulling at the boards for a few minutes, I was able to pry it open. The wood was weathered and brittle. It popped right off, leaving the nails in place. I was surprised to see goods on the shelves that were left. They sat rusted on old wooden shelves. An old-timey cash register sat on the counter to my left, and several burlap sacks lay tattered across the floor. I pressed a few keys on the old mechanical cash register and then pulled the lever to to reveal several tarnished coins and some paper money. I had a sandwich in a Ziploc bag I'd brought for lunch, and I decided to eat it before putting the old money in the bag and stuffing it in my backpack. Nice. I moved Not toward- to go to waste, yeah. of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Waste, want, want not. I moved toward the back of the store when an unexpected noise caused me to stand at attention. I caught the distinct sound of footsteps on the wooden porch of the general store. I turned around and peered, to, uh, peered out the door to see nothing. Hello? Anyone there? There was no response. I crept towards the door slowly with my hands out in front of me, just in case. I slowly peeked around each corner before verifying that no one was standing outside and made my way back to the street. I was sufficiently creeped the fuck out at that point. I decided to pack it in and come back later with friends. It was just about then that I heard the crack of thunder. The weather app on my phone said zero chance of rain, but the clouds overhead were moving in fast. I thought about hoofing it the half a mile in the rain, but it came down fast and hard. I didn't want to go back into the general store, so I darted to the nearest building, which was an old house. The front door was unlocked, and the door opened on the second pole. Standing in the parlor, I looked around at the old furniture and dusty floors and decided to sit on an old wooden chair that seemed sturdy enough. The storm raged outside, and I could see water coming up from the ceiling. There was several old papers sitting on the coffee table in the living room, and after a while, I got up to look at them. The yellowed papers were a single-page edition of an old periodical called the Elsewhere Gazette. The stories covered church events, pie recipes, and an advert for the Elsewhere General Store. One of the papers in the stack bore the headline, Tragedy in the Schoolhouse. It's like it. The article... <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the article told the story of a hysterical school teacher who had poisoned the cake she had prepared for the students. The one surviving student ran out of the schoolhouse screaming when the woman tried to force him to eat some of the poison cake. It was dated August 12, 1936. Earl's story put him there nearly 20 years later. 
I was curious as to what would have happened some 20 years after the tragedy, but not entirely willing to continue investigating. When the rain let up a little, I trudged back towards my car, and around that time I got halfway down Elsewhere Road, the sky had cleared up and the rain had stopped. When I got back to 280, I marked the spot with a couple of fallen branches propped up against a tree and drove back into town. That night, I was sitting at Mary's kitchen nursing a cup of coffee when Jerry came in and sat at the table adjacent to mine. Jerry and I didn't talk much, but we would often find ourselves sitting there through the midnight hours drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. He tapped me on the shoulder this time. Do you look like you saw a ghost, kid? I didn't see one, but pretty sure I heard one. I did some hiking out by elsewhere this morning. Jerry's face went pale. Bullshit. I showed him a couple of pictures on my phone. See that building there? Don't go in that building. Ever. I take it that's the schoolhouse? Jerry nodded. What's the big fucking deal about that place? Earl up at the senior center said he didn't know what happened. I found an old newspaper article from about 20 years before Earl was there, but it didn't explain the scream he heard coming from it in the 50s. Jerry just shook his head. Around here, we don't talk about elsewhere in polite conversation. It ain't one of those things that needs discussing. But I can tell you, you're all curious, so I'll tell you. But then leave it be. I was born in 59, about six years after they abandoned the town. It was in the 70s by the time I was a dumb teenager looking for a thrill. My buddy Tom Blankenship found pictures of elsewhere in a book that was up at the library. It said the town was abandoned in a hurry. We drove up there and found everything boarded up, save for the schoolhouse. Tom went inside the schoolhouse and I stopped by the truck. You could still get to Elsewhere Road if you didn't mind driving over some saplings at that point. Jerry then lit a cigarette and took a drag. Tom let out this wail like he'd been bit by a snake, and so I rushed in the schoolhouse expecting God knows what. The single-room schoolhouse was empty. I looked all over for Tom, but I couldn't find him. I ended up going to the cops, and that was when they told me about the ghost. Jerry took a long drag and stood up from his chair and moved across from me. There was this somber look in his eyes that told me everything I needed to know about Tom's fate. So, the deputy tells me that every couple years, some idiot goes out there and goes in the schoolhouse, only for no one to see him ever again. The thing is, the country sheriff's department knows about the ghost. He told me that back in the 50s, this kid came to the school with a machete and hacked up a couple kids. The school teacher ran out screaming. They questioned the kid and he said that this pretty lady that stood outside the schoolhouse from time to time said it would send them all to heaven. (laughs) They ended up putting that kid in jail. Jerry put out his cigarette and looked at me with a stern face. I don't know what happens to the people that go into that schoolhouse, and I don't really want to know. Just don't go back in there. The county should just demolish that place. So Jerry left $5 on his table and walked out. Despite his story, I was even more curious about elsewhere at that point, and I paid for my coffee and left. By the following Saturday, I was able to wrangle a friend to come with me back to elsewhere. Katie was a local college student who was obsessed with ghost hunting in abandoned towns. It wasn't very hard to rope her into coming along, and I told her the stories as they had been passed down to me, and it was all that it took for her to wake me up at 5am on a Saturday morning with some coffee and a camera ready for the hike. Katie and I strolled into town a little after 7 in the morning. The sky was bright, but the sun was barely over the trees. We decided to open the doors to the schoolhouse, idiots, and look inside for a few look inside from a few feet back I opened the door and shot back off to off of the stoop and back into the grass it was dark inside and we couldn't make anything out Katie produced a flashlight and shined it in the doorway I could make out a few upturned desks and chalkboards in the back we stood there for a bit when the sun crept over the trees and started heating up the morning dew resulting in a thick fog I turned for a moment to look back at the general store when Katie darted past me into the schoolhouse. 
I immediately ran after her, and we both stood in the dilapidated building as I begged her to go back outside. I could have swore I saw a kid standing here. Yeah, that's great. Spooky kids. First time I was here, it rained out of nowhere. Now it's fog. But but please, let's focus on the weather and not the, the, the kid you just saw standing there. Let's go. <laughs> now, to be fair here... Anytime you see fog in nature and it's not supposed to be foggy, skirt. that's Mother Nature telling you, skeet, skirt. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck yeah. out. Jump, motherfucker. <laughs> Katie walked a few steps forward and let out a yelp as she fell through a hole in the floorboards to the cellar down below. I laid flat on the floor and reached my arm down for her to climb up. She grabbed my wrist and I grabbed her with my other hand and tried to roll, roll back and pull her up. She wouldn't bulge. Wouldn't budge. It's a different kind Ew. of story, isn't it? She <laughs> wouldn't bulge. Yeah. Come on. Grab my Johnson. <laughs> I looked back down and saw a half transparent woman holding on to Katie's leg. This transparent ghost holding on to Katie's legs and pulling her into the darkness. <laughs> I pulled harder as Katie started screaming. The ghostly woman looked up at me and smiled in the dim light of the mor of the morning shining from the door. Katie was pulled quickly into the darkness and in the and in the struggle I too was pulled down into the cellar. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Katie fell silent after I pulled a couple of glow sticks from my backpack and cracked them open. I tossed one in her direction and one towards the other end of the room and brought up the flash uh, flashlight app on my phone. Katie sat slumped against the wall on the far side of the room. There were bones all over the room in various states of decay. I walked over to Katie and checked her pulse at the neck. It was faint, but it was there. I turned towards the back of the room, and that's when I noticed a small sliver of light coming from two wooden cellar doors about 20 feet from me. I crept past the scattered bones and over to the cellar doors. I tried to open them only to hear chains rattle on the other side. So I pushed harder and kept banging at them until one of the hinges broke. I pushed the doors open and went back for Katie and then threw her over my shoulder. As I walked towards the opening, I felt a sharp pain across my back. I didn't look back though. Instead, I bolted for the light. I tripped over a corpse and fell on the ground. My cell phone slid across the floor and I looked back and the ghostly woman was almost on top of me. I bolted up, grabbed Katie by the wrist, and took off uh, for the stairs leading to freedom, dragging the young co-ed behind me. Just as I crossed the threshold into the light, I felt a tug and looked back to see the woman holding Katie by the leg. I tugged and I pulled and I tugged and I pulled. I cursed. I fought. I tried to kick her in the face, but she was a ghost and nothing happened. <laughs> the outwardly voice came from the apparition saying, Let her go to heaven. The woman's grip on Katie loosened, and I fell back into the soft grass with Katie landing on top of me. Ooh la la. Nice. I didn't nice. wait around for her to show up again, so I fireman carried her back to my car. <laughs> this guy loves Am flexing his muscles, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Over my shoulder, I fireman carried her. What's the next Damn thing? <laughs> I started curling mm. her to the car. <laughs> <laughs> In my report to the deputy, I mentioned all the bodies I found down in the schoolhouse. He would later tell me they recovered 16 skeletons and one corpse that had been there for just a few years. The county uh, board voted to uh, demolish the town shortly thereafter. It was all kept hush-hush. Elsewhere Road was uh, filled with a backhoe after the remaining buildings were bulldozed and the cellar of the schoolhouse was filled with concrete. I went back out there one last time just to make sure it was gone, and I didn't make it five feet toward the tree line before a deputy sheriff flashed his lights and told me to get back in my car. Get the fuck out of here, nerd. Yeah. yeah. Katie, Katie won't talk to me anymore. Imagine that. Last time I saw her, she <laughs> pretended she didn't see me and scurried away. Of all the things I've experienced in that town, I regret not grabbing my cell phone. I had some pretty decent pictures. There's no record of elsewhere Kentucky. Now, there's nothing left of the town. I haven't been back, and from the way that the county has been handled it, I don't think there's a way... Oh, I don't think there's anything to go back to. Hmm. He would 
would later tell me they re- they recovered 16 skeletons and one corpse had been there for just a few years, but you couldn't find a new, brand new Samsung Galaxy Note 10. <laughs> yeah, no They're shit. like, fuck, fuck the phone, bro. We got to explain these bodies. Yeah, but yeah. when you, if you seen it, if I saw a phone somewhere with a bunch of bodies, I'd be like, this is something we need to pick up. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Dump out your fucking trail mix. Get the baggie. Put the yeah. phone in it. Yeah. What kind of fucking Bush League Boy Scout are you? You have enough sense to take your peanut butter and jelly out of the baggie <laughs> to put all that money in the baggie, but you can't grab a cell phone. That's that is my the, problem with paranormal that is stories. Per- like, that is the perfect story of it, things escalated very quickly. <laughs> it was like, it went from Goonies <laughs> to fucking uh, As Above, So Below. Zero to God, no shit. <laughs> with, with a hint of Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, just a little luck. bit. <laughs> it's and a mom. picture of the chef just like, yeah. just, just throw the spice in. Jesus. <laughs> <No> shit. <sighs> All right. Well, Steve, you've been with us long enough now. You probably know a thing or two about Mothman, right? Never heard of it. Okay. Well, here's a quick recap. On November 15th, 1966... Two young couples from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, told police they were chased by a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red like the devil himself, with a ten-foot wingspan. And then a year later, after this harrowing encounter, on December 15, 1967, the great-winged harbinger of doom sat and watched as a silver bridge collapsed, killing 46 people and wounding many others. And this fearsome beast would go on to live in infamy as the Mothman. But Steve, what if I told you that old Mothman wasn't the only Lepidopteran cryptid associated with destruction? (laughs) And Lepidopteran is another word for moth or butterfly. Your Lepidopteras are porking. (laughs) I learned that word from uh, Biodome. Of all on movies. May tw- of all <laughs> movies. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me right Lipidoptera. now? <laughs> all right, Paul On May Shore, 22nd. Finish the story. <laughs> on May 22nd, 2011, the town of Joplin, Missouri was visited by one of the most catastrophic forces of nature. An oh. F5-rated multi-vortex tornado. That was wild. That grew... I, yeah, it was fucking nuts. Decimated it. The tornado grew to the monstrous width of one mile across, with winds up to 200 miles an hour. Now, the tornado would go on to cause $2.8 billion in damage. It would kill 161 people, leaving over 1,000 more injured, thus becoming the seventh deadliest tornado in the U.S. history, as well as being the most costly the U.S. has ever seen. In its aftermath, vast areas were rubble, trees, buildings just gone, lives ruined, and the city and state would never be the same again. I feel I feel bad for sorry. Uh, I know somebody that doesn't live in Kansas like we do, mm-hmm. and they live on the East Coast, and the the idea of a tornado is like just insane to them. And it like it mm-hmm. just scares the shit out of them, like to like triggered ways. So yeah. I'm just like picturing that person listening to this right now and just being like, <laughs> "Well, yeah, I mean, not to get all biblical on you, but that's the nickname for tornado was the finger of God. I mean, right. these things are wicked. Um, I'll tell you all a story about a tornado when we're done here. Yet, from within the whirl of death and sheer chaos, much like the events of the Silver Spring Bridge disaster there came strange reports of bizarre ethereal-winged beings that came forward from some unknown place, be it from the heavens or some alternate dimension. Unexplained creatures were reportedly coming from nowhere to help those in need, creatures that would go on to be called the Butterfly People of Joplin. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't come up with a better fucking name. Sorry. So you're telling you're telling us a creepy creepy pasta story about hippies. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. So the name itself comes from some of the descriptions of the various witnesses, predominantly being children, who supposedly encountered these seemingly angelic beings they called the butterfly people. 
The creatures were humanoid in appearance, with multicolored wings similar to a butterfly or a moth, and were often surrounded by shimmering illumination-like auras or multiple orbs of light. <laughs> now, one popular account comes from a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl who was in a car with her father when the horrible tornado came tearing through. Miraculously, although, the vehicle was blown clear off the road and tumbled over. While the two occupants were inside the vehicle, they were shaken, but they were completely unharmed. The little girl would go on later to say, Butterfly people had been sitting in the car with them and had stopped them from getting hurt. <laughs> but no one else in the <laughs> Damn. Sorry, I'm just Derail. picturing I've I've been in a car yeah. that turned over seven and a half times. And during mm-hmm. that time, time does slow down. So I'm picturing mm-hmm. during my moment of that that I remember very vividly, I look to my left and there's a butterfly people keeping me safe. <laughs> And trapped him in the like, car for two and a half hours afterwards. <laughs> like, right. It's like it's like Paul from the movie Paul, but he has fairy wings on. Yeah. You look over, he's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. The girl would later say the butterfly people had been sitting in the car with them and stopped them from getting hurt. But no one else had been in the car, insisted the girl's father. But the girl still insisted. No, Daddy. There was butterfly people in the car with us. Okay, you sound like was a this? <laughs> was this the mind of a very young child trying to adequately describe angels or simply the product of a stress-addled young mind? Another harrowing vehicle encounter with these beings allegedly happened when a young boy was riding in a truck with his father during the catastrophic feat of nature. As they were driving, another car came soaring through the air towards them, hurtled from the 200-mile-an-hour winds. Then, right before the impact, the vehicular projectile seemingly bounced off an unknown force and tumbled beside their truck. The boy would later go on to say that he had seen two... Ah, there are very big people in the... Oh, jeez, they look like butterflies. The beings caught the car and threw it aside. Although... Only the boy had seen the mysterious creatures. The father would admit that there seemed no rational reason for why this car would not have smashed right into them, but chalked it up to the hellacious winds causing the car to simply veer off its imminent path of impact. Another young boy about five years old, who was caught outdoors when the tornado came lumbering through, and although there was much devastation in the area that he was found in, he was discovered to be unharmed, with debris piled oddly around him, unexplainably arranged precisely surrounding the boy like he'd been inside a bubble. All the debris had simply just missed him. The boy would claim that as the winds roared above him, he had seen three glowing figures with butterfly wings walking towards him from across the field. And then wherever they stood, the flying debris would bounce off to the side or just simply disappear. These three winged entities then surrounded him until the raging tornado passed by, after which they were described as smiling before vanishing into thin air. Or the kids particular... <laughs> right. There's a particularly strange encounter worth mentioning here. The story of Clay and Melissa Morgan and their four children, Zoe, 12 years old, Emma, 8, Eli, 5, and Luke, 4. The family lived in a mobile home in Joplin that was pretty much directly in the path of the rampaging tornado, which blew open the entire house and sucked out Clay and Morgan to send them flying out while still perched atop their bedroom mattress like a water slide. Holy shit! Right? Let's go! A whole new world! <laughs> it's fucking it is It's like Aladdin, dude. <laughs> Fortunately, no one was seriously injured, but it was found out that little Eli was missing. After a panicked search, they soon found him uninjured, around 20 feet away from the house, oddly wrapped up in a green rug, just like a burrito. That's a real thing. Although, although no one knows who wrapped him up or even where the carpet came from, all Eli was able to remember is he had seen a man with brown hair 
and rainbow-colored wings hovering over him, who then wrapped him up inside the rug. Was Rip Torn? <laughs> or Elton John? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's so crazy about this shit is that the irony, the water sled bed goes flying out, and then the real carpet, the magic carpet, rolls this kid up. <laughs> well, Elton like... John just sings, Goodbye, Norma Jean. <laughs> yeah. How to dance a butterfly in the jet. <laughs> so, my mommy and daddy couldn't find me because I was wrapped up safe and sound like a little burrito in the rug. <laughs> Some kids would even go on to tell the school therapist later they had seen visions of butterflies or butterfly people that helped keep them calm and keep them safe during the storm. And finally, Steve, the last story I'm going to share with you is from Pastor Wormuth, who said that Fake something news. very mysterious had happened at the church that was hit by the tornado during his service. At the time, the congregation was quickly whisked off to the basement but this did little in the face of the breathtaking destructive power of the roaring windy beast. The walls of the church had come crashing down all the way into the basement. Several people had been pinned underneath heavy rock and debris. And then it was reported that suddenly six large men with multicolored leaf-like wings had arrived to lift off the rubble and the wall that had collapsed on top of them, before turning to say they also had other people to go dig out and they abruptly walked away into the rubble. The strange winged men were not regular rescuers, however, because when the actual rescue crew arrived, they not only witnessed no other people in the area, but also claimed the collapsed wall would have been far too heavy for six men to lift up by themselves. So Steve, who were these strangers? Were these the same guardian angels seemingly watching over? Or were they some sort of insectoid harbingers of disaster. I don't know, man. It's pretty weird. Um, it is indeed. There's only one. That's so the only case. The only case with the adult seeing them would be that with that church, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. All right. Cool. Now, there's there's other stories of a 14 year old girl who was driving in her truck. She was a cheerleader at a local school. Um, she wrecked her car. She didn't see any protectors. Um, she suffered a severe leg injury where a piece of debris had impaled her leg. But she would go on to say that bizarrely after the accident, um, she would oftentimes see butterflies. If she laid outside, butterflies were oftentimes attracted to her that would land on her leg, her shoulder, her hands. And she says it's almost guaranteed anytime she goes outdoors, uh, butterflies will begin to flock towards her. Like some weird X-Men shit. <laughs> yeah, the stories went all through Joplin. Like, there's cases of Red Cross workers who were, you know, helping people in lines, giving them water and gloves and, you know, clean clothes and socks and stuff like that. And they would report hearing just murmurs, like just excited chatter about all these people saying, you know, supposedly there's butterflies. The butterfly people kind of just, you know, <laughs> running around the rubble helping yeah. people. So, I don't know. But now the ultimate pressure lies on your shoulder, Steve. Which of our two tales was creepypasta? And which of our two tales was a real documented story? Okay. Oh, help you out, Steve. Help you out, Steve. White trash a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. So with Preston's story, what really intrigued me with that is, like I said, it went from zero to 60, like really, really fast. Um, also, when I was a young spry little child we moved from <laughs> california to kansas kansas was a very big culture shock to me we mm -hmm. went we went to a small country type town small little town in pratt sawyer kansas around that around that area my dad was big into metal detecting in kansas and he thought coming to kansas would be so much easier not a lot of people do it and back then nobody did it my dad would find shit all the time with his metal detector he'd return rings uh, old mementos. He'd get shit in mm -hmm. magazines. He was in Eastern Western Treasures magazine several times. During that time, my dad would show me how to go to museums into the city register and like look up history of the, the towns, surrounding towns. And one of my favorite things to do when I was a kid, and I'd like to do it again someday with with like adult as an adult with friends, 
is go to ghost towns, towns that are abandoned, towns that whisked away in history. That shit's real. So, mm-hmm. oh, for sure. Listening to Preston's story, like that, totally reminded me of when I was a kid going to them small, going to them towns and seeing just the overgrowth on the buildings just left there for rubble. And like, I distinctly remember going to an early settlement town that had been abandoned, and the schoolhouse still. The schoolhouse was like, I don't know what it is about these old abandoned towns, but the schoolhouse always remains sta- standing. Mm-hmm. It's like built mm-hmm. to withstand time. I don't understand it. But like uh, that, I, I seen like an old schoolhouse and it had like this like bench that was like stone in there. It was fucking nuts. So I was like just picturing that. So that felt really real to me. Um, but then as the story goes on, let her go to heaven. And I'm like, come the fuck on. Uh, so that just sounds like a cool movie. You know what I'm saying? At Mm -hmm, that point, mm -hmm. the second story, um, you guys are a lot more into the cryptids than I am. And I know that you believe you believe in them a lot. You're a lot more subjectable to be (laughs) to believing in them, I guess. (laughs) At Uh, least give us some respect and say we're open minded. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And you nerds will believe anything. You fucking idiots believe in (laughs) butterfly people. They're just fucking hippies on some LSD. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, but then this one too, like let the cryptid shit go to this, to the wayside. Um, when you're involved in something like this, it's the near death experience. Time slows down. You mm-hmm. might see different shit. Um, and who knows, man? I mean, uh, we won't get into faith based stuff right now. That's out of, out of our realm, but like, who's to say that that wasn't something faith related? And sure, who's sure. to say what an angel looks like? Who's to say what God looks like? Who's you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. to say what any of that looks like or what a cryptid looks like? So, in that case, who knows? I mean, you know, and it, it's it's the same thing. It's like the movie Twister. What's inside the eye of a tornado? You know what I'm saying? What does it actually look like? Will mm-hmm. anybody ever really, really know? Other than like the video and the technology we've used to to form what it is in there. But in mm-hmm. order to see that. You know, you're going to have to do the shit in the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but like, so during that time, like, who knows what's up in there? Maybe these, maybe these things are in there. Who knows? Yeah. But, could be. So could be. which one's real? Which one's fake? Um, I want, I want to so bad say that the first story is the real one, but I think that's the creepy pasta. And I think this butterfly thing is something that people, that people really reported happening just because it seems a little bit more. Um, you know, something more in like, because we've we've covered stories with the cryptid shit. Like that felt mm-hmm. like a that felt like an episode to to me. So I would say oh, that yeah. would that would be the real the real thing, and then the first one would be the creepy pasta. Cool, cool. Preston survey says, Ah, God, fuck you, Steve. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love my horror. You movies, got it, man. buddy. You got it. You got it. That was really um, good, though. It, and it, it was better. What's good about that is like, a, and it's kind of funny I, that I asked you to define what a creepy pasta was because that mm-hmm. was the perfect definition definition of one. It kept me on the yeah. edge of my seat. It kept me entertained. It was short to the point. Very descriptive, creative. It lit, creepy pastas are the perfect example of uh, just a straight to DVD movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect description. You it know, is. You it know really what I'm is. Yeah. Like it's yep. just it's just, it's there. It's cool, and then you can move on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's rad. Yeah. Um. So years ago, before you joined the show, I don't even know if you may have listened to it or remember, but Rob did touch loosely on the butterfly people, but it was a very fleeting conversation. It wasn't uh, nearly as long as I mean, maybe that ten minutes that I rambled on there, um, but. There's not a lot more really specifically about the Joplin butterfly people. There are tales of adults who saw them, but the, of course, like you said, with the faith, the adults who made official reports claim that they were angels, not the butterfly people. The fun part is the twist that, you know, these kids say butterfly people the way they described it. And like you said, in these moments, like I've experienced that flow state before too, uh, during a couple instances of extreme danger and, and time does stop. It does. I mean, almost completely stop it's like a crawl and who knows the of course kids are you know closer to the veil the younger they are 
who's to say they didn't see something in that moment of adrenaline that kicks in, you know, in a life or death situation, maybe yeah. they saw through uh, to the other side, so to speak, and saw something else at work. Now, it's it's sad to say that there weren't enough of these entities, you know, uh, and again, no disrespect to what happened. What happened to Joplin was a fucking gut-wrenching and terrible, but it's like, why yeah, why couldn't wild. there be enough butterfly people to save everybody? You know, that's yeah. that's the burning question. But um, that story would go on to be told at uh, the St. Louis Post, multiple newspapers. It was mentioned on a couple news reports on actual, you know, like cable news. Uh, it made its way around the circuit uh, pretty quickly. And like I said, Red Cross workers would start spreading the stories about hearing people talk about it. And uh, I don't know. It's not the only time that it's been recorded that something with wings has saved people. Um, we talked about this. It might have been on the Mothman uh, Cryptid Encounter, but in 1978, there's a report of this guy wearing a trench coat standing in front of a mine that was in uh, Freiburg, Germany. And when the miners all approached the man to tell him, like, hey, it's not safe. What are you doing here? Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, they realized when they got closer, the guy that they thought was wearing a trench coat was not a trench coat at all. It was a humanoid being that had giant wings wrapped around his body, kind of like Batman. Uh, when they got close enough to see what it was, they all kind of froze in shock. And in that moment, of course, this winged creature lets out this giant roaring, you know, like, Wah! shriek. And then uh, <laughs> the men said it sounded like 50 or more grown men screaming in unison mixed with the sounds of a train's emergency brakes. Um, the miners all just took off, you know, turned tail and just fucking ran. And then um, they turned around. The creature folded the wings back around its body, stood motionless in front of the mine. It was guarding something, guarding some babies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um um, then later after that, um, I think it was like the next day or later that morning, there was a giant explosion inside of the mine and uh, so big that it you know shook the ground around that mine. And had that creature not warned them not to go inside of it, they would have all basically succumbed. Um, there was 36 total miners Man, and all 36 nuts. were saved. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. Um, was that Mothman? <clears throat> was it a butterfly person? We don't know. But still, um, kind of cool, kind of a fun little story. And uh, again, suspend your disbelief for just a minute and believe that maybe something indeed did intervene. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, yeah. You know, no disrespect uh, to Joplin, the people who live there, and what happened because that still is it's terrifying. Um, it is, man. I had I, I had family that lived in Greensburg when Greensburg got leveled. Yeah, by a tornado. And when that happened. <sighs> Um, they put out the Red Cross put out a basically a website where you could go and you could sign up to go down there, but you had to prove that you were of relation, and then they had the your relation had to go down there and sign you in, blah blah blah. And then like uh, there were like armed guards and armed people like f uh, fending off looters and stuff, and you mm -hmm. like you had to show identification to get in there because everything's just in disarray, and you try to as much as you can try to find things that have like names on it and then like put it in evidence bags. It's nuts. And just to think that that was Greensburg, you know what I mean? It's, it's Greenberg. Greensburg is a very small town. Joplin mm -hmm. massive. And that thing was a mile long, like a mile, bro. Like think how, yeah. think how long a mile is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a lot of ground to cover destruction. That's just yeah. mind blowing. Terrifying. Um, I was going to tell you guys a story about a tornado and uh, in hindsight, it's, it's even like my nose is burning right now talking about it. Um, Shayla and I go to Texas quite a bit to Dallas, you know, either to see her family or to go see the Dave Matthews band. <laughs> but uh, we were driving home. One of the same. Um, agree. Yeah, right. Uh, we were your coming family. home. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm trying to think of when this was. Um, I could I'm pretty sure it's a Dave Matthews concert, but Anyway, we were driving home um, from Texas. We got to Oklahoma, and there's a little town called Perry. I believe I've got this correct. Perry, Oklahoma. And there is a little gas station slash uh, restaurant called Sooner Corner, or Sooner's oh, Corner. I remember this. Uh, it's on Highway 77 in Oklahoma. Yeah, it is in Perry. Um, we were basically kind of like driving north, and the storm was blowing kind of... Uh, southeasternly and so we we approached the sooner corner which is where we stop a lot of times go to the bathroom get a drink and snacks 
And as we're approaching, like we're listening to the radio and they're talking about how like this tornado's coming and we just see like cars just speeding towards this gas station. We finally get close enough and see there is a police car, an ambulance, a fire truck, a uh, state trooper. There are multiple news stations there, um, probably 15, 20 cars. And then the clouds are just jet black and they're rushing, you know, southeasternly towards us. So we decide to run in and we kind of walk up to the gas station, go inside and they're like, hey, guys, tornado is just on a straight path coming straight towards us. Um, we don't really know what to tell you. Uh, we can't advise you get in your car and drive away because that's the kind of the dumbest thing you can do, although we may be directly in the path of this tornado and just to the west like across the parking lot there was like a motel i think that had like a tin roof and then of course out in the uh, gas station there are gas pumps that are covered by a giant awning and they've got you know the big heavy trash cans that are chained down to the ground um we're in there everyone's kind of getting excited there are probably 30 some odd people inside this little bitty gas station and everybody's running outside coming inside I've seen tornadoes. I've been very close to tornadoes. It's something that I would never screw with. Uh, it's it's truly scaring. It's awe inspiring too. But again, but they are called the hand of the finger of God for a reason. And you also got to understand though is that when you live where we live, there's people that recognize and respect the power of a tornado, and there's people that like love like sitting on your lawn chasing them down. Like oh, have, my wife? We, is that who you're referring to? Uh, your <laughs> wife, uh, our friend Chris, like, yeah, they love that up. shit. And, like, so this is, like, a big deal for Shayla. Like, <laughs> massive. Like, I can only yeah. imagine being right next to her because you have Sean being, like, uh, no, let's settle the fuck down, being critical, serious. And she's, like, yes! <gasps> like, she's hulking yeah. the fuck out. Like She's, she's holding up the rock and roll horns both hands. <laughs> Come on, baby! She's uh, like, you're, you're, you're like, Where, where's Shayla? She's out there with a fucking American flag bandana around her head. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> and a saddle in her hand. Yeah. Um, so like it's, it's getting close. Like it's raining. It's beginning to pour. And Shayla and like two other people are outside, like watching the storm coming towards us. And the wind is picking up. I kept saying, Shayla, get, in the, get inside, get inside. And there's a video somewhere on my phone of me being like, babe, yep. babe, babe. Yep. And, and finally, sent, I was like, would you, you just sent that get... to us? And then I did, yeah. you, the text messages were like, she won't get the fuck inside. I keep telling her. Like, you were like, yeah. you were like freaking uh, out, dude. I was, because I'm like, I know. And here's, here's the reason why. I know what tornadoes do. I've been close to them. The people who manage the gas station literally said to me, and I quote, she has about 10 seconds to get inside before we lock the door. You think I'm joking? Try me. And she walked over and locked the other door that nobody was outside of. So finally, I go out and I said, Shayla, get inside, get inside. And finally, I think I said, get the fuck inside. And I grabbed her arm and like pulled her in. And then as the door shut, that lady locked it. And she was so pissed at Shayla and these other two people for standing oh and watching God. the storm. And like they were literally going to lock her out. Now, of course, I wouldn't let that happen. But still, like that's their job to protect us, get in or get out, like <laughs> whatever. The tornado. Was like, Man, she just ruined my moment. <laughs> Fucking buzzkill. <laughs> um, so what happens next is you can see not the full on like tornado cone coming towards us, but you can see the windstorm coming. Um, it rips part of the roof off of the motel across the parking lot from us. There is a horizontal funnel going through the awning of all the gas station, all the gas pumps. Mm. You can literally see a vortex spinning horizontally across. Like you can see the water and the wind just swirling. It's picking up these trash cans that were chained down to the ground. They're sitting there tumbling like they're inside a washing machine that's been turned on its side. Uh, gas pumps are coming undone. And it's kind of like one of the few moments I'm making peace uh, with the world. Like we, we may all die like right now. Yeah. Uh, then the funnel cloud that... Um, I never saw it, but the funnel cloud, they said, actually sucked back up into the clouds, went up over the gas station right before it pretty much hit the gas station, uh, went across the highway, and then came back down. Like, it literally frog hopped a few feet away from the gas station. Uh, it was just, I don't know, it's one of those moments where your lizard brain kicks in, and you know what the real guttural 
feeling of true fear like really is like panic like there's nothing to do there's nothing to do like alarm bells going off in your brain people are screaming people are crying and then it was done it was over just dead quiet wild so yeah you want to hear something crazy and i'm I saw not butterfly people just kidding. Uh, no uh on that exact same highway pretty much right near perry as well coming back uh-huh. from galveston uh, me and my ex are riding in her Versa car, little red car, mm-hmm. and same thing happens. Tornado starts happening. We see it in the distance. It's uh, forming, touching down, and we're like, "Oh my god, it's coming this way!" We are driving, and in that air, that highway, there's just it's just highway, but it's strategically planted where they will put uh, they'll put bridges over it, so mm-hmm. people can park and get out and go underneath the bridge to do as much as you can. And there's also like strategic um, ditches with drainage ditches and culverts to get into as well for, and then there's like signs for it and stuff like that. So we pull the car over um, right when we get the car over, like the wind was so bad. It was literally like, like picking up the car and scooting it over. And like me and her were Mm -hmm. both, you know, we're decently sized and, cars heavy itself and it just blew my mind and like i was the same way like i was like this is it like because we mm-hmm. we couldn't get out of the car at that point to get up to where the rest of the people were where it was more safe and more secure i thought that, yeah i thought that that wind was going to suck around out down in that tunnel swing the car around move it around and suck it us suck us up into it but yeah it was nuts yep. that was terrifying oh my god yeah, so yeah, where the highway? True... <laughs> tornado Alley. Yeah, yeah. That's why they call it highway that. seventy-seven. That's man. Why they it's call it ghost that. tornadoes? Yep. Tornado the uh, the the great Andover tornado of uh, 91, 92. Yeah, whatever year that was. So um, I took over my parents' property after uh, Dad passed away, and uh, the house that I'm in now. Uh, when I was you know five years old, the Andover tornado hit and you know it took out the uh, trailer park over on central but then it moved east so it was actually in our neck of the woods out in the country and right across the railroad tracks which is now the uh, the i don't know some red bud trail or whatever uh, there was a farm and so me dad and jason were out on the front porch watching this fucking storm and you know mom's at the the bottom of the basement steps like john get the fucking kids in the house john the fucking tornado john she's like you know carrying on like freaking out and dad's <laughs> like it's okay she's like shut up it's fine it's just a tornado so we're like all out in the front porch and <laughs> it's like, just a in- tornado as yeah. i said earlier in the episode there's two different types of people yeah. <laughs> and so we're like we're all fucking outside except for mom watching this like huge ass fucking tornado and literally from the, you know, from our porch, not even, not even like a quarter of a mile, right? Maybe like less than that. Like, you know, you could see it was like super close, but dad's like, no, we're fine. We're fine. It's fine. And, uh, it took out the farm and you could fucking see like a fucking white toilet floating in the air. You could see part of a bathtub. You could see Jeez. part of a cow, maybe some pigs and then, like, that fucking freight train noise just, like, happened, and everybody's ears were popping, and then Dad's like, all right, we should probably go down now. So, uh, yeah. Dang. Your dad ran past you and pushed your face. Yeah. You... <laughs> You're on your own, you little fucker. <laughs> you should listen to your mom, you little bastards. <laughs> you see that Jesus, cow? Man. Or what's left of it? That's you. And he, like, just back kicks yeah. you, and you just go tumbling. <laughs> Spartan but then uh, off the back stoop. About five, I, I five was years. supposed to be um, that that same tornado came through um, McConnell Air Force Base in Wichita. My dad's retired Air Force, so uh, we had Air Force insurance, uh, health insurance, and I had pneumonia um, right before that tornado. And so that morning, they had taken me to the hospital on base, and they were supposed to keep me overnight. And they're like, yeah, the case of pneumonia is just so bad. Like, we really need to keep him here to monitor him in case he gets worse. And I remember sitting. What's that? You had the vid. I had the vid. Uh, I had patient zero. (laughs) Um, I remember sitting there in the hospital uh, bed and the doctor comes in and he's like, hey, uh, here's the x-ray of your chest and here's the x-ray of your head. You kind of look like Skeletor. Um, Your eyes lit the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then I remember like just sitting there thinking like, okay, I guess I'm going to stay the night in the hotel and, or I mean in the hospital. And then they're talking about the storm coming and all this kind of stuff. And then like a couple hours before it came through and like literally, literally destroyed like half McConnell, um, doctor comes in. He's like, well guys, uh, uh, we just took more x-rays. It's clearing up. Like he kind of just did a 180. So, um, you can go home, just keep an eye on him. If it gets worse, take him to the ER or, you know, um, give us a call. We went home, got settled in like an hour after we got home, that tornado came through and just ripped the shit out of the uh, McConnell air force base. And I believe it actually went and like ripped, ripped apart that hospital. <sighs> so got, uh, got real lucky twice. You guys are, you yes. guys are tornado brothers. Peace. <laughs> so is that uh, where the friendship forged? Yeah. That that's it. It's right there. So Thanks. 2000 or 2002, there was that uh, tornado that happened uh, right outside of Hayesville and like through like the southern part of Wichita. Yeah. And uh, Dad hadn't retired yet, and he was like working a case, so he was on his lunch, and uh, the tornado hit. So he like he had to get out and fucking lay in a ditch. And the these aren't like the Highway 77 ditches that you can like hide down into. These are like fucking flat, you know. South Seneca, you know, ghetto ditches. Bro, he was like, "Let's go." I did this shit before. Yeah, I'm on it. He fucking. He's like, "This is actually." So he's nice. like, "Yeah." He yawns. He's like, I, yeah, he's like, "I just got out of the car." He's like, "You know, I laid down the ditch and uh, you know took a nap." He's like, "So then I got back up, and he's like, this like fucking building got destroyed, and a piece of two by four, like literally like a spear of destiny, went through my Ford Probe." And like was like sticking through the hood, and he's like jacked Whoa. up my fucking motor mount. So he's like, I just ripped the fucking thing out of the hood and got back in the car and drove home. And God, so ever, God. ever, yeah, ever <laughs> since then, like that car, like you get above fifty five, and like the whole fucking thing is like shaking down the highway because it literally it, it had busted the motor off the, the brack. <laughs> Wood splinters are falling out of the engine block. Yeah, Jesus, God, your dad just flipped the bird. Tornado. And said, Not today, Satan. Yeah, he's like a superhero. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Jesus, man. Well, boys, we're coming up on the hour mark. What say you? We get out of here. Cool. Let's get the fuck out. Cool. All right. Well, that was fun. I think uh, we should track down more stories and play this game some more. Yeah, it's fun. I I dig it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, listeners, you were correct too on the stories. If not, uh, you know, we don't blame you. Don't blame yourself. Yeah. Better luck next time. (laughs) <laughs> all right steve what do you got for us man uh check us out on facebook pixelated paranormal podcast check us out on instagram pxl paranormal um that's about all i got really hell yeah that's and that's that's more than enough also check Sweet. out our sideshow about said pixelated nightmares 13 nightmares it is our horror movie podcast with steve i and brady and we just dropped a new episode a couple weeks ago for scream if you haven't checked that out please do it's a lot of fun uh we're already writing up the script for the next episode and then check out the rest of the shows on the pixelated sausage network and amazingly baka and pixelated sausage and then on youtube you should be able to find attack of the backlog presto uh, don't forget to check us out on YouTube, like, subscribe, share with your friends. And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a beard that won't get you confused with a hippie, like a butterfly person, then check out <laughs> BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. And pick yourself up some scents like Dundee Cedar Bay Rum, Sweet Tobacco, Fresh, Citrus, Mint, and Classic. Mm-hmm. Mm. And speaking of YouTube, I want to give a shout out to these kind words that were left by Mitch. Mitch said, you guys are wonderful. Great job. I love the sound. Art Bell Topics with Richard Searit Knowledge. Love it. Well, Mitch, thank you, sir. And we love you in return. Pretty cool. And if you're in the Wichita area, guys, please stop by CD Trade Post, Pawnee and Seneca. Say hi to our dear friend Leslie and the rest of the gang up there. I was just in there today. Shit, yeah. It was cool. All right. Well, until next time, folks, cheers to the weird shit in the world and to those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. And support your local butterfly people. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. 
Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.